This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out, sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Before I introduce you to today's guest who has such an amazing story, I wanted to do a quick check-in to make sure you've clicked on the subscribe or following button for this podcast. Also, if you're not already following me on Instagram, you can find me at Nikki Odin. And finally, this is my sweet reminder that you can show your support for this podcast and keep it ad-free by clicking on the Buy Me a Coffee link in the show notes. And with all that said, let's get to today's episode. Today's guest is a certified holistic nutritional consultant and the owner of Nutritious and Delicious. Her mission is to support busy moms all over the world to learn time management while taking care of their nutritional, physical, and mental health. She believes a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. Having had postpartum depression herself with her first baby, today's guest knows what it's like to feel alone, overwhelmed, and anxious as a new mother. Society puts so much pressure on moms to be superwomen, and on top of all that, lose the baby weight and be a contributor to the household. After working as a nurse in the healthcare sector for over five years before kids, and then going into holistic nutrition and earning her diploma from the largest and leading holistic nutrition school in Canada, she can honestly say that motherhood has been her hardest job by far. But it has also taught her the most rewarding life lessons. Her mission is for other moms to learn from her trials and tribulations and how she has become the leader in her life and use what she's implemented to change their lives too. After all, when mom's needs come first, we are in fact taking care of the whole family through a way of osmosis. Connect with today's guest on her website, endelish.com. I am thrilled to welcome her to the show. Bethany Geddes, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me here, Nikki. I think it's so awesome what you're doing with your life right now, the way that you are really contributing to the struggle that a lot of us moms have just with what, you, what you've accomplished and being a leader in your life. And if people have known me for five years or five minutes, they know that I love me a strong mama. And when I heard your story, Bethany, I just felt so strongly that other moms need to hear it. So I would love it if you could just share with your audience how you've gotten to this point. Sure thing. 
So I actually started my journey as a nurse and I worked in the diet and health industry and um, I was helping people lose weight. So I did that for five years and I realized that I actually wasn't helping people the way I wanted to. I wanted to help them holistically because people weren't keeping the weight off uh, long term. So I actually went back to school and I did my um, nutrition diploma and I ended up doing that while I was having my my boys and I ended up opening up my own business. So that's nutritious and delicious. So during all of that, um, my personal life, I ended up having really bad postpartum depression with my first baby. Um, what was going on with him was he was very colicky. It was really hard to deal with. Um, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And um, on top of it also, I started dealing with my husband at the time. He was having mental health issues. And I went on to have my second baby. So I had two kids under two. And as a lot of moms know, mm. that's pretty chaotic and hectic. Oh, yes. So I kind of did my business just kind of on the side um, when I had the time and the energy, obviously. And um, again, I was still a stay-at-home mom and a doing this out of the passion and the love that I have for, for women. And I ended up having a very bad personal crisis. Unfortunately, um, I went through being a widow and I am, you know, now it's been three years. Um, my boys were three and five years old when my partner actually, you know, went to heaven, I guess. So it was, it was tough and trying to run a business, and do all that, you know, from the get-go right out the door. It was a fire right up, you know, my, my yeah. butt basically. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, I, I went from being a, a single, like a stay-at-home mom to a single mom at home and having to now be the breadwinner. And it was right. a crazy journey trying to be a mom, trying to grieve at the same time, trying to run a business and also help my boys throughout all this as well. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that would be like. You know, I think we all, it's all perspective, right? Like we all have our our tough days and days where we feel like we are absolutely drowning, our hair's on fire, like how are we ever going to get anything done? But at the end of the day, I have my husband, you know, and I, I can't imagine what it would have been like, you know, for you to lose your boy's father and then have to, to do this all on your own. But to see where you are now is so inspiring and I think a, a mom who is going through the weeds right now, you know, single, married, whatever, would want to would look at you and want to know, like, how did you get from that point to where you are now, running a thriving business with these two amazing boys, and just you know, loving both your mom life and your work life, and you know, everything else that comes with with that. So, mm-hmm. how did you do it? It's um. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's sort of like everybody wants the magic bullet. And mm-hmm. as we know, if you want anything in life, you have to work at it and it's not easy. Yep. So yep. my journey wasn't really planned out in a sense of, you know, I'm going to do A, B, and C to get to where I am today. I basically relied, I think, on a lot of my inner strength. Um, I didn't realize how stubborn and willful I was. And that actually pushed me through a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of the down days. Um, as most people know with grief, whether that's, you know, a divorce, a death, um, you know, a loss of a job or anything like that, it's, Mm -hmm. it's stages, right? Like you go back and forth and you question a lot of what you're doing and why you're doing it. 
And it takes a really strong inner knowing of who you want to be and like what's going to get you there. I think at the end of the day, I really had to have a strong why, why I was doing it. Um, I'd say right out of the gate, probably when I became a single mom, basically overnight, I wanted happiness more than anything in the world. And I wasn't going to let anyone take that from me. So for me, it was about if I wasn't taking care of myself, my boys were going to suffer and they had been through enough. And I think that mom, mama bear came out of me that Mm -hmm. it's not just me anymore. It's not me on my own that I'm dealing with this. I have, you know, two little boys that are looking up to me, like begging for a strong mom to pull them through and pull herself through. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it, it wasn't, like I said, a linear path. It's been a very tough path, but I have, you know, some routines and some attitudes that I developed along the way um, that I would like to give to your listeners today, because I know with everything going on in the world right now, a lot of people are yeah. struggling. Um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and depression and, and hard hardships for working moms and also moms at home as well right now dealing with, you know, kids being home probably every yes. five minutes <laughs> yeah. from school. Like I've had to deal with that too, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And I think that you hit on something that is so true, which is that even when we're not in a time of crisis, even when just there are little hiccups or or new challenges, our kids are looking to us to be the strong, the strong figure in their life. It's I think they want, you know, whether it's mom and dad or just mom, they need that stability and that strength. So for you to recognize that and to choose that is so it's so inspiring because I mean, I think you would agree that you had a choice. You could have chosen to to be depressed and you could have chosen to let the grief swallow you up. I mean, that that's a choice too, but you chose to be strong for your boys and you chose happiness, like you said. So what were some of those routines that got you through and, and where did you start with those? So the first, I'd say, year was probably the hardest because there was... Um, very little knowing of what my future was going to look like. And what I realized was I'm the person that making my own future and the boy's future now, you know, I wasn't letting somebody else sort of live that life for me or asking anybody sort of to do it for me. And it was a scary place to be in because I felt quite dependent um, when that person had left. So Mm -hmm. it was like, I had to sort of look within myself, like, how am I going to get myself through this? And, you know, still be okay at the end of the day. So a couple of sort of things I developed in the very beginning was I based this around myself and like my business. So basically my business helped me get through because I put so much effort into working on myself that I knew that this is where a lot of moms are struggling right now. And mm-hmm. we put a lot of, you know, a lot of women put the the lack of time in front of us and energy. And what I'm basically going to say throughout all of what I've done is that I could do this on my own, running a house, like a big house, running two boys, running a business, doing it all and still had time. I still worked out. I still took time for it. myself. And yeah. this is what I mean. Like when we talked about the choice. 
there's the choice to be healthy. There's the choice to be happy. And when people start saying, you know, I don't have the time or I don't have the resources, if you need it in your life, you will, you will make it happen. If you say you want it in your life, Mm -hmm. which is, I hear a lot of people say, I want to be healthy. I want a different relationship. I want this, blah, blah, blah. But wants are like your wealthful wishing. Like you're not putting the effort and time in because it's not a priority for you. I made it a priority at the end of the day, because I'm like, I have no other way, like how I'm going to get through this if I don't make it a need. So I agree. I think when we say I don't have time for something, what we really are saying is I I choose not to make this a priority. And yeah. women, especially mamas, are make a way, find a way. So like you said, if you want it, if you really want it, you will make a way, find a way. Here's a good example. If your kid needed mm-hmm. this, you would do it no matter what. And you would, yeah. you know, step on anyone to <laughs> make sure yeah. it happened, right? Like, right. But when it comes to ourselves, that's where a lot of moms struggle. They're like, and it, I, a lot of it goes back to guilt and shame and the way mm-hmm. society has pushed us into this super mom society of like having to do everything and not expect anything for ourselves. Right. And that's where, you know, I, that's the whole premises of my business is if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't have a healthy, happy parent, whether that's a mom or a dad or, you know, yeah. even a grandparent or someone looking yeah. after your children, you're not going to lead the next generation to health and happiness. Like you're, you're going to teach them the same things that you're doing. Yes. Amen. I totally agree. And I always say that I have such a heart for moms in particular, of course, being a mom, because I feel that a mom is the center of her household. And I, and I guess it would apply if to, to the parents, right? Parents, moms, whoever the caregiver is of these children, they're the center of the household. And when that person is feeling fulfilled healthy, happy, joyful, patient, peaceful, that spills over into everything they do. And that changes how they parent, that affects their relationship for the better with their children. They model behavior that their children are going to emulate. And that, if every household has that, that would be, that would change the world. It's that powerful. That gave me chills because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change the world one family at a time. And I know it because I've done it and I've been through it and I understand it. And I keep using my same tools every day for myself. So I'll give you an example. Um, When we're talking about being patient and mindful of what we say and what we do, we have to look at first how, like, you know, it's that whole notion of like, you know, when people say, do what I say, not what I do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you want to have your kids follow in your footsteps, whether you're doing good things, bad things, like continue what you're doing and they're going to follow you. Yeah. So, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say. They're going to see what you do. Exactly. So what I did um, was, again, the first thing was I made a choice. And for me to be that mom, to be that partner that I am now, to be that woman that I always wanted to be, I had to do these routines um, and change my attitudes to be that person. And I'll give you some examples. So what I used to do was I'm like, I know from a fact I need to work out for myself because at the end of the day, when I feel like I've worked out or I've exercised my body in some shape or form, I feel like a better person at the end of the day. I have less Mm -hmm. stress. I'm more motivated. Um, I'm more patient with my kids and I feel like I've actually put myself first. 
Now, if I don't do that and I leave it for a couple more days and keep going and going, guess what's going to start to happen? I'm going to start to resent the people around me and feel like I'm not getting my needs met. I'm not healthy. Um, my mindset is all muddled, muddled and I'm like a hamster on a wheel, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. for me, that was a priority. And I'm like, okay, whether I work out three times a week, four times this week, I always made a goal for myself to get it done. Didn't have to be strenuous. Could have just been yoga, taking the dog for yeah. a walk. But um, that was something I had to keep myself in a routine of because I know that it would affect my mental health at the end of the day. Right. Like a lead domino, right? Like you knew that was that was one key thing that yeah, you had to do. That was one key thing for me. So, and I've been doing that since I was 15. Like I always knew that like working out for me was something where I expel energy. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going through something right now where you have a lot of anger um, or sadness, use it, use it in your workouts, use it to push you forward to, to get that project done because it yeah. can light a fire underneath you. Um, the other one was something that gave me purpose in the morning was my business. As much as I was scared, um, that I was hundred percent the breadwinner now and like, holy, like, how am I supposed to do this all on my right. own? Um, I had to take baby steps because if yeah. I sort of put myself in the future too far, it was like the fear of failure was drowning me. Um, paralyzing. Yeah. And so what I used to do was, well, I still do it to this day. I write goals for myself every day, every week of what I need to get done for the day. And I always do the hardest task first because I don't have an excuse. So um, what I used to do was I used to wake up before my boys because they're notorious for waking up like the crack of dawn with the freaking chickens. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I would get up like four or five in the morning and that's like super early, but I would make myself a coffee I would set my alarm and I had actually a reason to get out of bed because I needed to get my membership going and do all my videos and get on camera. So I had to get dressed. I had to, you know, put my makeup on and I had to talk about like the hard things that I was doing every day. And I was living that at the time and it helped me because it was like my own way of therapy. And I felt like I got so much work done in the morning before they even woke up. And I still had a few hours to go before, you know, they started preschool or kindergarten um, at the time. And um, when I got to sort of my midday, I would give myself like an hour of grace, basically, like if I wanted to break down and go to bed and just relax there while one of my, you know, both my boys were at school, I think at the time about kindergarten and preschool. So it wasn't many hours of the day, but I utilized that time for myself. Mm-hmm. to um to fall apart to give myself yeah. that you know that space or I'd have a bath or wrap myself in a big warm blanket um or talk to somebody right so that really helped and then I would pick my boys up um probably about 3:30 my eldest and then I would stop working and that was the time of day where I wanted just to sit with them have dinner do our family thing. So I felt like a family still, because that was big for yep. me. Family values yeah. are huge. And that's where we would sit and cuddle and have, you know, pajama parties and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was great. And I got the balance throughout my day. It wasn't the balance like, oh, I need to balance my week. It was like, I just need to balance my day today. 
mm-hmm. and not be so hard on myself if I if I yes. don't feel like I could work today. You said so, so many amazing things there, and I think what I want our the listeners to take out of this is first number one is you have to stay present. You cannot put your brain into the future because first of all, that stuff that's swirling around in your brain might not ever happen, right? When you're in the future, you're worrying, like in your case, what if I don't make enough money? What if I can't be the breadwinner? What if I can't sustain this household? Well, what if you can? What if it all goes great? What if you end up creating a really lucrative business for yourself? Will you look back and be like, I'm so glad I spent all that time worrying in my head? No, right? It's totally Mm -hmm. wasted energy. So I love that you say, you know, I had to stay in this moment. I couldn't think about the future. And and what we're really saying there is you should always be present, be here now. This is the only thing that exists. And this is what you can control, right? You can't, I mean, by, by being present, moment after moment after moment, you create the future that you want. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, and I don't say that it's easy, but it, it, is, it is simple when you, when you think about it like that. Hey there, Supermom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom with Confidence. The Keep It Together system specifically for super moms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence. In two PDFs that you can download right now, you get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate. What's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience, and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you want to stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence and purchase yours today for just $29. I also love that you said you started really small. You know, you started not with like, how am I going to tackle this huge thing? But what can I do today that is going to move me forward? And I think those two things are so important with any goal, no matter what's going on in our lives, whether we have everything together and our, you know, our nuclear family is intact and everybody's healthy. We all have goals, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes they feel overwhelming and they feel daunting. But if we start small, we're more likely to achieve them because we're more likely to stick with them, be consistent and make progress building on what we've created. So I, I always want to make sure I, I tell my mamas who are listening, you, you, you should have huge dreams, ginormous, ginormous, huge goals. You just need to start small. And I love hearing moms like you have walked that walk, confirm that, that that's what worked for you. So keep going. What else did you do? That That's very true. And again, it's kind of like the notion of don't, like my dad used to say to me, don't eat the whole elephant at once. <laughs> so 
So, you know, it's one just, bite at a time. I'm very much, yeah. Like I like to kind of think of things in, you know, the metaphor kind of ways, but, um, it's like the don't, you know, bite off more than you can chew. So for me, I'm very much a futuristic person. Um, I'm an Aquarius at the end of the day. So I always think mm-hmm. future. So I struggle to keep myself present, but I have to. And what I did was I ended up getting a coach to help me because as much as I had all these goals too. And I was like, yeah, like I want to have like this big, like I want my family to look like this and I want my business to look like that right. and da, 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 da. And again, that sold the whole control thing. And when it wasn't going sort of to my plan, I was sort of like the threads were coming loose a little bit. So I really, really had to work hard with my coach. I did a, um, every week I was on the phone with her and then now it's bi-weekly. So I've been with her for two years, but I also need, you know, coaching and stuff too, because course. These mindset tapes is what blocks a lot of people from getting to where they want to be. So when um, we do coaching together, we don't, we look at the overall goal to start with, but you have to sort of like take off chunks of it and work on the small pieces day by day. Because if you start sort of going into the future of like, well, what, what if this could happen? What if that could happen? You start to manifest that in your life because fear will take over. Yes. Yes. Worrying about it almost makes it come true. Yes. Because it's what your energy is going to. Like as much as people say, I don't want this to happen. Yeah. I don't want this to happen. You're inevitably actually creating it because you're giving it life force and energy and you're dragging it. it, Yeah. You're dragging it to you. Um, So it's, I know it's hard not to focus on those things, but you have to really focus on what you do want And, um, a lot of people really struggle, I think, with thinking that like, it's all gonna, it's not going to work out. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of people really stop themselves and they think, you know, I'm never going to get there. And, you know, I just, I have to really challenge people. I've noticed like definitely in coaching is that you've grown up a certain way and you've heard certain tapes all your life and you're starting to tell yourself a story and we're living that story. And what I noticed throughout my own coaching was that I was doing things unconsciously knowing, like sabotaging myself without even knowing it. And when I started getting someone kind of bring that back to me and put the mirror in front of me, I was like, how have I been doing this for so long? Like, how have I not caught this? Because it's what I know. It's not what is, you know, it's what's familiar, right? And yeah, we always go, yeah, we always go back to what feels familiar, even if it's not good for us. So this is where like, I've had to really work on boundaries with myself and not letting mm-hmm. myself kind of go down that rabbit hole because it's so easy for people to say to you, you know, well, you know, did you think of this or that when, when you became a widow or like, And you like, you don't want to spiral into guilt and shame. And like that leads you to the completely wrong place. You need to start to feel more empowered to move forward. Same with business. A lot of people give up, give up too early. Um, I think at the end of the day, boundaries for yourself is crucial and also boundaries with other people. Um, Even like my kids, I've had to learn, you know, what's work time, what's, you know, family time. And that's been hard too, because obviously being a entrepreneur and working from home and having, you know, all this stuff happen with kids being home from school, it's been a tough one. And, 
you know, if you kind of letting a lot of people step on your toes when you need to work or you need to take care of yourself, you start to resent them if you start to say yes too often. It's so true. And I think that is where some of the guilt and the shame comes in because if you're saying no to your kids, there's just like this programming where you feel like you should feel guilty or shameful or whatever it is. So I I love that you're talking about boundaries with yourself and I want to know what that looks like. So when you're now I'm a big believer in experiencing your emotions. So I I loved when you said before you gave yourself that gift of I'm going to just fall apart right now. Yeah. I have I have it built in today. I'm going to fall apart right now. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome because that's how you release energy. And when you go down those those sort of rabbit holes of guilt and shame, I think like for a moment there you have to acknowledge, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm not going to like stuff it and pretend it's not there. I I am feeling it. But there must be something you, you're doing with the boundaries to pull yourself back or to, to at least yeah. refocus or reframe. So do you, do you have like a word you tell yourself or do you just like tuck on your hair a little? How do you get yourself back? I usually tell myself, like, I, I think the same things everybody else does. Like I, I hear like, you know, I feel bad for myself. Like, oh, poor me. Like this sucks. Like how could this mm-hmm. have happened? You know, my poor boys. I hear that in my head. I don't say it to myself, but I actually let myself feel those um, painful emotions. I'll cry. I'll get upset. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually that's more like I like to be sort of in solitude when I'm like that. Like I'm kind of more in my bed or the boys aren't around me when they've gone to sleep when I feel like that. But what I tell myself is, okay, like get back up. Like you're not living here. Like this isn't what you're supposed to be doing every single day. So it's almost like there's a version of me that's like an adult version, I would say, talking to sort of a a very vulnerable childlike self and saying, you know, hey, it's okay, it's going to be fine, but I'm also taking care of everything so you don't need to worry. Right. You know, that's awesome. I think that is what it feels like sometimes, you know, and it's, it is, um, it's okay. We all have that inner child and sometimes that child wants to throw themselves on the floor and kick and scream and Mm -hmm. have a tantrum. Sometimes they want to curl on a ball and just start crying. And sometimes they are really hurt by their, you know, they have really hurt feelings and they're like, why doesn't anyone like me kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And I think as as an, an adult woman, as a mother, I have those feelings all the time. I, I let myself have them. And then I say to myself, just like you, like, okay, how long do you want to stay here? Because you get to decide how long you want to stay here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to stay here for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's just not who I who I am, and that's not who I was created to be, and that's not how I'm going to change the world one heart at a time. So I think it does take it does take that recognizing that you are also powerful, right? I'm I'm vulnerable in this moment, but I I'm also powerful, and I can tell myself, all right, you got it out, get get up. Another one I want to point on is. When you are in those states of mind, you will see that manifest in your children too. So as much as you think that you are keeping emotions away from your children, it manifests in other ways. They pick up on your energy. They pick up on your body language. Like my sons are very smart and now they're able to sort of tell me and right away, like they know if there's something wrong with mom because I start frantically cleaning like a crazy person, not because I want my house to be clean, but it's a feeling of not feeling of having control in my life. 
So I start to um, declutter and um, clean things around me because it's a way of changing my environment. So Mm -hmm. my boys pick up on that and then they start asking me questions or I kind of randomly get a hug from them. (laughs) And I'm like, I get it. Like, and that's, that pulls me out of it too, because it's just sometimes a look from them or a really long hug. And it's like, they know, and I have to ask myself in my head, do I want to be that person around, around them? Or do like, do I want to live in this right now and be this like insane, crazy person and, and having, you know, a tantrum if I'm having a tantrum and having just an off day where I'm upset I'm emotional and I don't want to deal with anything, but it comes out in them. And I'm like, I need to show them too, that it's okay to be like this. And I talk it through and to say, Hey, you know, mom's not feeling too great today. Yeah. You know, if you guys could just be a little bit quiet, like that's usually kind of what I say to them and they get it. They understand they're like, okay, sure. You know, but we see it in our children as well. A big one that I've taught them as well as myself, and I've had to learn this pretty much, I'd say right out of the gate of becoming a widow, was being grateful. Yes. As much as it felt like things fell to pieces and blew up in my face, Mm -hmm. I every day have had to tell myself and my boys, what are we grateful for? Because if you focus on what you don't have in your life, it can lead you down such a bad path and I don't want my family feeling like they're missing out on anything. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you focus on what you don't have, that's all you see. Uh You know, you can even be grateful in the loss, be grateful for the memories, be grateful for what you did get for the time that you did get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's it, it's a hard shift for a lot of people to like, how do I find something to be grateful for in this moment? But there is, there's always something to be grateful for. And I think that's such an important thing to teach children, especially because they will continue to do that and it'll become more natural for them. And that's, they're going to face hardship too. They're going to have their own personal trials and tribulations that are, you know, personal to them where it's, it's, it's their heartache, no one else's, you know, it's, it's their mistake, their loss, and they have to learn how to, to deal with that and to move on. And and gratitude is such a powerful way to do that. It's, it's shifted so much for us at home. Um, You know, my boys, my eldest um, usually has a harder time and he, he likes to kind of go down the path, I think, of talking about what isn't around and what like what we don't have. And I had to sort of look at that and say, you know, what can I do to help him shift that? And so pretty much every every mealtime or even if we're driving in the car, we ask each other, go around sort of like, what are you grateful for today? And they're so quick to say it now, you know, what they have in their life and what they're looking forward to during that day it completely rewires your brain and yes. people sort of look at us like, how are you guys so grateful? And, and you just are, I think you look at life differently when I think you have been through some big adversity and crisis in your life. Um, the people that get through, I think the quickest are people that can a adapt um, and be positive and grateful throughout the journey. Um, even if you look back in history of people that have gone through massive adversity, 
it's their mindset that gets them through all of this. And um, it can go the other way too. You know, if you you let it go that way, again, at the end of the day, it is always a choice, always. So I just want to mention for all the listeners that you are in Canada, but you are from the UK. And that is why you have such a beautiful accent, (laughs) right? Thanks. Yeah, I I know that there, I just, for for the one mom who's like, where is she from? I just wanted to clear that yeah. up for you. I lived there till I was 10. And it just comes out in some of the words, but I love mm-hmm. it. I love, <laughs> I love me a British accent. I really do. Okay, so can you tell us now, like, what does it mean to be holistically healthy? Like, what what's what does it mean for an approach to health and wellness? What does it mean to be holistic? Health and wellness is everything. Like, honestly, I look at the way I deal with people before versus I deal with them now, like working in the diet and health industry, you were taught to deal with people, 80% of nutrition of what they do, um, like on a piece of paper versus not even 10, 20% of like their mindset. And I work the complete opposite now, Mm, like 80%, like let's go into your mindset, like what you're dealing with, because like your life right now if you're not taking care of yourself physically, you know, mentally, spiritually, all that kind of stuff. Like if you don't have things in place, you're not going to follow a nutrition plan, you know? So exactly. Right. Yeah. Cause you, and, you can't, you don't have the capacity to wrap your mind around it and to really go for it. That's so, it's so true. I don't know why right. they don't approach it that way. More, more people. And honestly, that is the key to long-term success because if you can train your brain and do these small repetition routines and change your attitudes, it gives you lifelong skills to be able to Mm -hmm. do anything and put that you put your mind to, whether that's losing weight, a new relationship, you know, um, saving your marriage, getting a job, like all these things, like there's so many things that you can go into, but building a business. Yeah. Building a business. And people think, you know, when they go for nutrition, like most people come to me to saying like, I need to lose weight. But that to me is like, okay, that's the start, but we're going to work on so much more than just losing weight because a lot of people with weight loss, there's a lot of trauma around it Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of things you haven't dealt with to be able to actually remove that weight and keep it off. Because a lot of what happens is, um, like I said, in the diet industry is that weight will come off, it'll come off fast. And it goes all back on again, plus more, because people haven't worked on their trauma and their inner exactly. inner mindset. So they start to self-sabotage and go back and actually get worse. Yep. There's an unprocessed trauma there that mm-hmm. is the root cause. And it just, it happened to manifest itself in weight gain. It could have manifested itself some other way, like in exactly. a drug addiction or yep. even an illness, a chronic yep. illness. Yeah, autoimmune diseases, that's the same thing. You know, it's it's manifesting within your body. If you aren't working on yourself, your body's going to manifest it somehow. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I I will share that I have type 1 diabetes, which is a, a chronic disease. And I I developed it at the age of 19. And I've been, I didn't come into this mindfulness space until about, I would say, six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, and really in the last two years, I've been working really hard on reversing it. And I know people think I'm crazy, right? It's a little Eastern. I'm still taking insulin, et cetera. But I every day work on it because I really believe I created it. And I know some people are going to be like, well, my kid has diabetes and they didn't create that. 
listen, we all have our beliefs. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault, but I do take responsibility for everything that has happened in my life. And I do believe that I have unprocessed trauma and that this is how it eventually manifested itself after 19 years on this earth. I was like, okay, now now you have to deal with it, right? And I I can't agree with you more. I think it's it's not a it's not a a one faceted problem. Mm-hmm. There are so many different things that are impacting things like chronic autoimmune diseases. So how do you help like how do you help people when you when they go on your website and they book an intro call? What what do you guys what are you trying to to figure out with them? In the intro call, so we have a 15 minute um free beginning intro call on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is basically where I get to sit and listen to what's going on in your life. Like I just ask like, what's going on? What do you need help with? And a lot of people, you know, first come to me and say, well, I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, what's been going on in your life? I have just had a baby or, you know, I'm going through, you know, a separation or a divorce or anything like that. Um, I'm struggling. And that's the thing is that we start looking into that. Um, I have mummies that are go on my membership. So this is basically, um, a membership for moms to learn all of my tools that I've gone through. And that's a six mm-hmm. month process. So this is like a self-led program, but the main thing I like to help people do and what I'm most passionate about is my coaching because that's where we do the one-on-one work and I can actually get on to video with you and we can talk and we have like an hour um, every couple of weeks together to actually dig deep and yeah. find out what we need to actually do and put a, a, a proper plan together actually get you to where you want to be. Right. That addresses the current issue. Exactly. And I, I do you find with a lot of these things, like I, I have a coach as well and I talk about places where I feel like I'm blocked or stuck. And she's like, Nikki, there is no, there is no block. You, you see a block, but there's no, there really isn't one, right? Like you've created yeah. something that you, you see as an obstacle and it's about having a different perspective and that really helps you once you identify it, it helps you to overcome it. So do you, are you finding that with a lot of these moms that it's something yeah. that that they're creating? And, and I don't say that again, I'm not blaming anyone where there are no victims in this space. Well, we're just talking about ownership mm-hmm. and and power and, and empowering ourselves to take responsibility for our lives and for the bad parts of our lives that we want to change, right? You you can't see your own journey. That's the problem. Like myself Mm -hmm. included, I've had to have like the outside perspective to show me what are my tapes? What are my insecurities? Because I'm telling myself a story that maybe they're not real, or I think it's something completely different. And it's, it's the way you talk, it's the way you present your energy. Um, like everything from body language or energy to what you're saying it starts to manifest in our conversations. And if I keep hearing the same thing over and over again in different ways, there's something there. And that's Mm -hmm. what I start picking up on. And I'm like, hey, did you know in our last few sessions, this is what I've been hearing. This is what you've been doing. And I'm starting to notice a pattern. And when I start to notice the pattern, they're like, huh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Like, So it gives you the self-awareness to be able to make that change. You still have to do the change for yourself, but you actually have somebody there helping guide you along. Yes, I, I think that's so important. Awareness is everything, mm-hmm. everything. And I think, you know, when I talk about my unprocessed trauma, I don't know, I can't pinpoint anything specific, but I've become aware and I notice my patterns all kind of fall into this like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. 
I, I need to be better. I want to be better, better, better. Like I'm not good enough. And that has manifested like that comes out in so many different ways. Like you said, like they're, you're saying the same thing in different ways. And mm-hmm. I've been able through that awareness to notice those patterns in my life and to see where I have been brutally hard on myself and continue in some places to be hard on myself. And when I have those moments, being aware now and not being unconscious about it because a lot of people are unconscious. They're just kind of working, rolling on automatic. And when you point it out to them, they're like, huh? Having that awareness gives you the choice to be mm-hmm. able to pull yourself back or to pause and, and ask yourself, like, is, is this serving me? Mm-hmm. If I really love myself, would I be allowing myself to have this conversation or this tape rolling in the back of my head? A lot of the times people don't see it. They don't want to know about it. And sometimes they're not ready for it. So an example would be um, probably years before my partner passed, like I was, you know, getting a lot of sort of body symptoms that things weren't right. And there Mm -hmm. was something like I I felt deep within me that wasn't right. Um, Didn't want to listen to it. Felt very denial about it. Um, I would hear things you know, through coaching and things like that of what I was saying and doing. And I didn't want to deal with it at a time until I had to deal with it when the crisis came. So everybody is unique and different. And I would hope that people would come to get help before a crisis is there. Um, But most people typically it's when something has happened because we don't usually make a lot of changes when we kind of feel okay in our life. You know, we usually make changes when we have to. Um, And I think right now in this time in the world, a lot of people are starting to get to that point of like, I have to make a change for myself. Right. Like the circumstances are forcing my hand. Yes, exactly. But the truth is you always have that choice, even when the yep. circumstances are not forcing your hand. Yep. And that's an important and powerful thing to realize. Uh-huh. Human nature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really love what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And I, like I said, I'm so excited to have brought your story to so many moms because what you've done is so inspiring. And for other, I think sometimes it's easy to for a woman who is a single mom or a widow to look at other women who are married and say, well, it's easy for you to say all that stuff, but to hear it for some, from someone like you who's like, oh no, I've been there. I've done that. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still dealing with it is just a whole nother level of impactful. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being so open and for sharing your story and your, your tips. And I hope that people will go on to endelish.com and book an intro call with you and start getting their minds right. Thank you. I'm so grateful just to be on your show and helping all these women. It's just something I'm super passionate about. Me too. I'm glad that we were able to connect because our missions are definitely aligned. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Bethany Geddes. I know you took a ton of value from it and I hope you will now take some action. We'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.